strong, committed followers of Jesus Christ with our foot set on a firm foundation. That's what I want to be. That's what I want you to be as well. That's what we've been talking about for six weeks, three different topics. Um, Psalms chapter 40, our, our verse for the six weeks. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me, and He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. How many of you have put your trust in the Lord this morning? Amen. Uh, Juliet, my 14-year-old daughter, my youngest, last week she was working up, uh, uh, volunteering up in Children's Church, and, uh, and she said, what did you preach about, Dad, last week? And I said, well, I preach that we are supposed to separate ourselves away from sin and draw closer to the Lord. And she said, shouldn't that be every sermon? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, she's probably right, actually. <laughs> Uh, so for the next 7,000 weeks, we're going to talk about, no. But she is pretty close, though. She's pretty close. Um, so I'm going to tell this story. I think I've told this story before since I've been here, but it's my favorite story like this. So I'm going to tell it again, okay? Uh, there was a husband and wife, an old couple, driving uh, down the old dirt road in their old truck, which they've driven down a million times, um, just driving home, uh, husband and wife. And uh, it was one of those old trucks with the bench seats, you know. There wasn't, like, cup holders in the middle. It was just a bench seat. Remember those? I don't even think they make those anymore. Uh, it got these bench seats that's going. And so the, the wife um, uh, had her face, you know, pressed up to the window, was looking out the window and looking at the rolling hills and the trees and all this. And, uh, and then she turned over and looked at her husband, and she looked at the space, the gap between them, and she got kind of, hmm, you know. And she said, honey, don't you remember way back when when we got married and we were so in love, we loved each other so much, we'd drive in this old truck, drive down this old dirt road back to our house like we always have, and, and we, would, we would be holding hands or my arm was around you or your arm was around me. We were just so close then and we loved each other, was so in love. Do you remember those days? And now I, I, I see that there's a, there's a space between us, and we just drifted away. Why, why do you think that is, husband? And her husband was driving, and she looked o- he looked over at her and looked at the gap between them and looked at the steering wheel and looked ahead, looked at his wife and looked at the gap between them and looked at the steering wheel and looked ahead, and he said, well, I haven't moved. <laughs> If you are not as close to the Lord as you think you should be or could be, I can assure you it is not God who has moved. <laughs> it is not God who has moved, okay? We have to guard ourselves to this, <laughs> to know that if we want to be close to the Lord, to separate ourselves of sin, draw closer to the Lord, that is a decision that we Make. Second Peter chapter 3 is our verse for the two weeks. 
It says, you already know these things, dear friends. And the, these things is the, the day of the Lord, when Jesus Christ comes, okay? You already know when the day of the Lord comes, that the, the day of the Lord is coming. So be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Be on guard. Why would you be on guard if there was not a possibility of losing what you have? Be on guard so that you do not lose your secure footing. Now, the footing is the foundation is secure. But if I was to walk to the end of the foundation, or if I was to walk into the sand, as it were, my footing is not so good anymore. Because we build our house on a solid rock, on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ, not on sinking sand. So he says, be on guard. Guard yourselves so that you will not be carried away and lose your secure footing, verse 18. Rather, instead, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be on guard. So you don't just say a prayer, you give your heart to the Lord, and then just wait till heaven, okay? You have to be on guard. It's possible that you will drift away. So, what do you do? You grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is this idea of sanctification. We separate ourselves from sin and we draw closer to the Lord. Now, we want that to happen at once. We want it to happen immediately. Uh, why do we have to wait all of our life to do this? It is every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade for the rest of our life. Now, what Jesus did for us is he sanctifies or purified or made us holy. What he did on the cross, on the cross is efficient. It is efficient for our salvation. You can ask the thief who was also on the cross when Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't go to a Sunday school class. Okay, He didn't grow in the Lord. But what Jesus did for him was sufficient. So it's sufficient for us. However, we're going to live another, some of us, 5, 10, 50, 1,000 years. Okay, Whatever. We're going to live a while. And so we, while we are in this life, we separate ourselves from sin, draw closer to the Lord. That is sanctification. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. So we must listen very carefully. I read this verse last week. I'm just making sure everybody's up to speed. So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard, or we may drift away. So we are in the Lord. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. However, if we do not listen carefully to the Lord, grow in the Lord, we may drift away from it. Verse 3, so what makes us think that we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was announced to us by Jesus Christ? Who do we think we are? We say that just, okay, I've been a Christian for 50 years of my life, or I've been on the worship team, or I taught Sunday school, or I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor of a church. Do not be so foolish as to think that if you are not on guard, that if you do not listen carefully to the truth, that it is possible to lose your secure footing or to drift away. And so what we do to counter that is to grow in the Lord. We separate ourselves from sin. We grow closer to the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Last week I was all over the Bible. I had to show you this from, from all over. Uh, today I'm going to I'm going to put myself in 1 Thessalonians and stay right there, okay? Well, I am going to mention two other verses. But for the most part, I'm going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, okay? 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen for you as well. And then I'm just going to mention something in 1 Corinthians 6 and Romans 8. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally, dear brothers and sisters. So now we know who we're talking about. We're talking to the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, This is who we're talking to. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We urge you. Since, since becoming pastor, I have, uh, I, I, I concur with Paul here, that there is an urge. Paul, you know, plants these churches, and then he sees that, pe- he sees the people who have fallen away. And, it, and he says, I urge you, I, I, I hear it in his voice, and I, and I feel it. <laughs> I, I, I feel it. I urge you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. Make the decision to live in a way that pleases God. You live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. So I I, I see that you have lived for the Lord last week and last month and last year. That's that's great. But we, we can't Okay, we don't drive on yesterday's gas, okay? That's great that you did that then. Now, do it even more. Go forward. Keep doing it. Keep going, he says. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. I'm not coming to you with good advice or my opinions on how to live. This is from the authority of Jesus. From the authority of Jesus, and that's what we have to look at. Verse 3, God's will for you is to be holy. Everybody say holy. Holy, okay? I'm going to be accused of holiness preaching here today, okay? But his will for you is to be holy. That holy is set apart. That holy is complete purity, okay? So for you to be holy. In the ESV, he says it like this. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. There's our word. That's how he says it in, in the ESV, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. For God's will is your sanctification, that you are growing to this. You separate yourself from sin. You grow closer to the Lord. This is God's will, your sanctification. You are sanctified because of Jesus Christ, his work on the cross. Your sanctification is growing closer to the Lord. Okay. So now he's going to give us an example of what he's talking about. Now this example is not, okay, if you stay away from this sin, then you're good to go. He's just giving us an example of sin of what he's talking about so that we can, okay, pinpoint this. So we have this example, but we can use this for for many sins, for all sins, whether it's gossip or acting out in anger or drunkenness or cheating or whatever it may be, okay? But he's going to give us an example, and then we'll walk walk through the example. Verse 3, or to continue, verse 3, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Now, he pinpoints this because he knows that that's a problem in Thessalonica. Well, I would say that certainly to some degree, this is a problem in America as well. So I think that we can talk about this for a minute, right? Stay away. Stay away from all sexual sin. Verse 4. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God, and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you 
before. Control your own body. And this is a big deal in the New Testament, especially, because what is our body? It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. If you allow sin into your body, and and sexual sins affect the body. It affects the body. And so if you allow any of these sexual sins to come inside of you and attack you and take residence, okay, at some point that Holy Spirit is going to leave. Holy Spirit does not want a roommate. The Holy Spirit does not want a roommate. If the Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of you, then when you sin against the body, you're giving the Holy Spirit an eviction notice. We do not want to live that way. So we, what do we do? We live in holiness and honor, not like the pagans do. He calls them out, okay? We're not supposed to live like the world lives. I understand that the world talks this way and watches these movies and TV shows and, and does this. We don't do that. We don't do not because we're better than them, not because we're, okay? In fact, it's the opposite, because we're weak, and we need to follow Christ. And so we turn away from those things because we don't want it to affect our relationship with the Lord. Do not do these things. Verse 7, God has called us to live holy lives. Is that word holy again? We've got we to talk about it. We've got to say it. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So that's fine if you don't like what I'm saying right now. That's fine if you don't like me. I just don't like that guy, Adam. Okay, that's great. You're not rejecting me. You're actually rejecting God. I'm just reading you what the Word says. This is what the Word says. If you don't like that and you want to go and live the way however you want to live, you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting the God who gives this Holy Spirit to you to live a Spirit-filled life. Do not reject that. Verse 9, But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you, there's that urge again, to love them even more. So this is one of these verses where we get a popular saying, which is love God, love people, which is great. Love God, love people. What are we supposed to do? Love God, love people. So we talked for a few minutes about all sin, all sin attacks God. All sin is against God. So even if we gossip or we're angry with somebody, we do something to them, but it's sin against God because we are his children. Okay? So he talks a little bit about holiness to God, and then he's talking about to everybody else as well. So you're not off the hook. You follow the Lord, that's great, but you're also living amongst others as well. So some of these things, gossip and anger and and cheating and some of these things like that, you're not off the hook on those. Okay? And he says this in such a way to, once again, be on guard so that we do not drift away. And he challenges the sin inside of all of us. And let me tell you something, there is a problem if we are not offended by sin, but we are offended by correction. There's a problem. There's a problem. It it, it is a heart situation. If we are not offended by sin, but if someone were to call us out on that sin, then we get offended. 
That is a heart situation, and there's more going on than just that one sin right there. None of us are above this. That, that's the whole point of sanctification. One day, when we are in heaven and we have our glorified bodies, then we will not struggle with this. But while we are here, we all struggle with this. We all struggle with something. So none of us are above. You can't question me. Who are you? Who are you? (laughs) We all have this inside of us. And so we all have to, from time to time, rip that out. And if someone were to show us our sin, it is not to dunk on us. It's to help us and to move forward. Don't be unoffended by sin, but then be offended by correction. Then I look at verse 11, and I'm starting to like verse 11. I I didn't understand this when I was younger, maybe because I like to be loud. (laughs) Verse 11, make it your goal to live a quiet life. I didn't want to live a quiet life. I wanted to be loud. That that was just my personality, okay? I'm starting to learn this more and more. Like, I'm going Amish here pretty soon, okay? I've already told my wife, I'm I'm getting off the grid. I'm selling my phone. I'm done with it all. I'm not, that's not, okay, I'm not preaching there, that's, that's like me, sorry, okay. <laughs> I'm just feeling this, I'm just, you know, the government's watching you, I don't know, okay. <clears throat> Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before, then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Sometimes we feel the need to, like, God's not doing his job or something. And so, you know, how does living a quiet life, uh, how does that witness to other people? Well, we don't know the things that God is speaking to other people. He's working behind the scenes. This is Ephesians 2.10. He's working behind the scenes even, okay? And so we live a quiet life, Everybody else is freaking out about something, and we are not. We have a peace that passes all understanding, and there is someone who is dying for peace, sees that, and wants to know what's going on. So don't underestimate what God does behind the scenes, right? Don't underestimate that. He's using you to speak to others. We are to live holy, holy lives. So how exactly do we do this? Or maybe you're watching online, you're like, okay, yeah, I I hear you, man, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the sins that I'm in. You don't know how long I've been in this pit, and you don't know anything about me. You're right, I don't, but thankfully the Lord does. So he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and this this is going to help both. Believers and non-believers here, okay? So the first part's going to help believers. This next part's going to help unbelievers, okay? So here we go. Verse 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. I've lived all my life for the Lord. Do you not realize that if you do wrong, you will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not fool yourselves. Do not fool yourselves. And then he does this thing. Uh, Paul, where several times he'll list several sins. And I'm always interested in in his list in what he puts in the same sentence with other sins. Because we have in our head, there's there's like bad sins and there's, well, there's sins, but you know, I mean, come on. 
And then Paul puts these in the same sentence. And you're like, what do I do with this? Because he sees how we can easily drift away. So he goes through it. Those who indulge. So don't fool yourself. If you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, wow, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. We have to remember that. And then, for the, for the unbelievers, verse 11, some of you were once like that. So the people in the Corinthian church, all of them did all of these other things. You remember the things that were on the list? Okay. God saved them from those things. He says, some of you were like that, but you were cleaned and were made holy. You were made right with God. Why were you made right with God? Because God just picked you? No, you were made God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We called on the name of the Lord. If you're watching here today and you're stuck in sin, you're watching online, you were stuck in sin, there's no way out. We just listed sins that some would say are bad sins. And if you are reading that list or something like it and you feel stuck in your sin, God can't save me, God can save you. What you do right now is you do what the Word says, which is to call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. What you do is you repent from that sin, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the regeneration work of the power, He helps you to turn from that sin. If you pray right now, right now watching at home, ask Jesus, what we like to say is into our heart, which means change us, and then we repent from our sins. Whatever the sin is, including any of those that I just mentioned, you are what we call a Christian. Ask Jesus in your heart, Repent, turn from that sin. Repent. Jesus said it so many times. Repent, turn from that sin. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. And I urge you to give your heart to the Lord. Romans 8. We've been, we've been reading Romans 8 um, in, on Wednesday nights, having fantastic conversation. Ooh, I've got I to gotta run. Uh, Romans 8, fantastic conversation. Come on Wednesday nights. It, it's great stuff. Let me read just two verses for you. Verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. There is a part into this where you make decisions. Now the Holy Spirit helps you. The Holy Spirit that is inside of you helps you make decisions. Am I going to be led by the Spirit or am I going to be led by the flesh? And the Holy Spirit helps during these decisions. And He leads you down this way and that way. But make no mistake about it. Okay? If you are dominated by the sinful nature, you will think about sinful things, which leads to death. But if you think about spirit things by the power of the Holy Spirit, that leads to life and peace. So, how do we do this? You're not going to like the answer because you know the answer. You're not going to like the answer on how separate from sin, draw closer to the Lord. You know the answer. Many times we just don't want to do the answer. We don't want to do it. We don't want to do it, but you know the answer. It is simple, 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 simple things. And there's more than these simple things, but we've got to start with these simple things. 
make church a priority. It's one day a week, and, and we miss, and we're like, man, I just don't feel close to the Lord. Make church a priority. Talk to God. That's called prayer. Pray. Read the Bible and choose to spend time with other Christians. That, I mean, let's start there. Go to church, pray, read your Bible, hang out with Christians. If you were to look back in your life, in the lower parts of your life spiritually, one or all four of those were out of whack. And if you were to look back in your life at the highest point in your life spiritually, I'm pretty sure all four of these were humming pretty good. Going to church, reading your Bible, praying, and hanging out with others, with Christians. And a simple way to move away from sin. All right, here's holiness preaching. Y'all ready? Simple way to move away from sin. Cut it off at the root. There are guards that you can set up for yourself that say, I, I, don't, I don't even want to be tempted to be sinning. Now, temptation is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. Giving in to that temptation is a sin, so why not not even give us a chance to be tempted? If you struggle with lust, do not go see a movie where there are sex jokes and bikini girls and everything else. It, don't even go. Like, we go see the movie, and then we come home, and we're lusting, and we're like, God, help me. And God's like, help yourself. Don't go see the movie. Don't even put that out there. Now, we can get in trouble by trying to put guardrails on other people, and we should not do that. But putting guardrails on yourself, having some self-awareness to go, I can't do that. Everybody else is going to watch the movie. I'm not going to watch the movie. I don't even want to give myself a chance to be tempted. Why? Because we are weak. Can we be honest for a second? We are weak. Peter needed to have the rooster crow. Remember that story? Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. What did Peter say? Never! I will die with you! He denies him three times and the rooster crows. Jesus looks at him. Why did Peter need to have the rooster crow? So that he knew that he was capable of betraying. He thought he was strong. And why do we sin? Because we think we're strong. But we are weak. But while we are weak, he is strong. He is strong. So we draw closer to the Lord. And as we draw closer to the Lord, our weakness turns into his strength. Our weakness turns into His strength. Thank you, God, for being so strong. 2 Peter chapter 3, our verse. You already know these things. The day of the Lord is coming, friends. So be on guard. Why would He say to be on guard? Why would He say to be on guard if there wasn't a chance or an opportunity that it may slip away? Be on guard, then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's what we do. We separate ourselves from sin and we draw closer. I mean, this morning, we're going to do something very similar to what we, what we did last week. I want to invite 
everyone to find a place to pray. I, I, I think there's something about the altar. I grew up with the altar. Uh, there's something about stepping out from your seat that kind of signifies in your brain that, that I'm praying about this. I know you can pray at your seat, and that's fine. But there's, for me, there's just something in my brain that just, when I step out, it's like, we are praying about this. And so I want you to find a place to pray and say, God, where do I need to repent? Where are, where are the weaknesses in my heart and in my mind and in my actions where I say, I need sanctification. I need to grow in that. I need to move forward in that. We are all susceptible to sin. So maybe you say, we prayed about this last week. You're still susceptible this week and next week and the next week. And so we pray, God, keep me from that. Keep me close to you. So if you would, find a place to pray. If there's there's something specific that you want me to pray for you about, maybe you want to give your heart to the Lord, come and talk to me. I would love to pray with you. But everybody else, let's find a place to pray. I invite you to the altar. You can stand. Some of you like to walk around. That's fine. But I invite you for the next few minutes, find a place to pray and say, Lord, Lord, help me. Make me holy. Separate from sin and draw close to you. Can we find a place to pray? Give him praise this morning. Father, we come to you saying thank you for your son that you sent die on the cross that sanctifies us, makes us holy. Lord, help us while we are here on this earth. And we thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that leads us on the right path. Help us, Lord, to choose to take those right paths. To take that path where you're taking us, Lord. Lord, what a solid ground we have to stand on. What a solid ground we have. We can have no worries, no fears that you are with us, that you are preparing a place for us one day. No no worries, no fears. Help us, Lord, to not build our house on a sinking sand, on what the culture says, on what our opinion is. But, Lord, we set our house, we build our house on a firm foundation, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Help us to preach sermons of Christ being crucified. Without it, we're lost. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with us this week. Go with us this week. Help us to grow, to be on guard. To be on guard. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Help us to be on guard. And in our weakness, you are strong. 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 
we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, absolutely. I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. See you later.